We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, I mix these up. Oh. Whoopsies. I'm Amelia Sampson today. Oh, fuck yeah, I get to be Liz Ball. Come to Mama Gatsby. Welcome to, to the, the Holy, Holy Hour. Hour. I'm Amelia Sampson. And I'm Liz Ball. We kept eye contact that entire time. I was just, I wasn't even thinking that we were making eye contact. I was thinking about how much better the audio sounds now that <laughs> someone told us how to properly set up the microphones. And we don't need to be super close anymore. Can I you know. still hear me back here? Yeah. It sounds really good. <laughs> I'm excited to hear if we can pick up grandpa. You should talk about the email that we got. Yeah, it was so someone, someone emailed us. They sent us pictures with it and everything, too. They were like, I think I figured out, like, why you can hear your cat so clearly in, like, the videos and in the podcast. And it's because I had been setting up the mics wrong. <laughs> and they showed, they were like, I think this is the microphone you have. And it, we do. <laughs> and, um... Then they like sent me pictures of how it should be set up and like where the pop screen should be. And I was like, I don't know why I ever thought something different. And then I was explaining to my boyfriend, I was like, this is how you're supposed to set it up. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Be what? And, well, because he has a gaming setup in his room. And then I was like, that's how he sets up his mic. How come I didn't think to set mine up like that? I think I even watched a YouTube video. I don't know. Well, damn. Yeah. All of it is way over my head. It's like speaking a completely different language. I opened up the email that this person sent and I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I read the first line. I was me. like, I can't. I texted Liz. I'm like, Liz. <laughs> Eyes closed <laughs> over. It's a different language. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so thank you to that person. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about the audio. Well, and I'm excited that you're excited. Thank you. And another housekeeping thing that feels natural <gasps> to um, segue into. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the camera as we're saying this because we've launched our Patreon. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. I need to stop trying to do air horn <laughs> sounds. That sounded like a laser gun. That's every time I do it. Like where, where, where have I ever heard an air horn that sounds like that? I don't know. It's been a while since uh, I've been to a club. Can we commission someone to make an air horn that sounds like that? Yeah. We'll pay you. We, <laughs> once people start buying our Patreon 
um, subscriptions, we can afford to pay you for an air horn sound. Yeah, that we'll sounds f- like me. Mm-hmm. Pew, 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 pew. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to blast it in every club I go to. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we have uh, launched our Patreon. Yeah, we have a Patreon. And, There's um, three different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the cheapest one is $6, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. $6 to get early access to our episodes. And then the next tier is you get the videos and you get access, early access to episodes. And then the, the third tier and the highest tier, you get early access to episodes, videos, and Liz and I are going to be doing monthly Q&As live through probably Twitch. Yeah, that we'll, have only, to, we'll have to figure that out. We're going to figure out the... We didn't expect people to already know that we had... Lo- I put it in our link tree thinking like people would poke around, yeah. but somebody already subscribed to it. So now like the pressure's really on for us to figure out this tech, which I think is what... I needed to have happen like oh shit it's happening mm-hmm. it's fucking happening so we're gonna figure out how to stream on Twitch but it's happening I mean who who among us doesn't know some bro who uses Twitch we all know we all know a dude who loves Twitch and gaming Sunset is Walk, like watching gamers game real advanced on Twitch I should just ask him he yeah. has like a whole sh- I don't know you can do so much amazing shit on Twitch mm-hmm. I have no idea anyway so we'll be doing that um yeah the link is in our link tree which is everywhere Mm-hmm. Twitter. It's just Linktree slash the holy hour. So something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is because I was like, I don't know if I want to talk about this, but I'm like, I should talk about this because other people might be able to relate to it and it would be dishonest if I didn't. <laughs> Amelia's like, what are you going to say? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, my sex drive has just been really low for like a while now. And I definitely think it has a lot to do with, like, other things outside of, um, like, just sexual desire in my relationship. Like, my, like, my satisfaction at work is really low. And, like, I have been, I felt creatively drained since, like, November, if I'm being honest. And it's exhausting. It's a while ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's just how I've been feeling and, like. Um, my partner doesn't mind at all. Like, I think he probably, like, can relate to that a little bit, too. I was just about to say that. Like, it is really nice having, um, his support and understanding. And, like, I don't feel, like, pressured or, like, when we, when we do have sex, it's, like, just how it should be. Like, mutual and, like you're able it does take energy for me like um to connect with another person because I am not very transactional about the sex I have like I don't want it to be transactional like I hate transactional sex um so yeah that's just how I'm feeling and like I was feeling a lot of internal pressure of like well I have this sex and dating podcast like people probably assume I'm having like a lot of sex and I'm not (laughs) it's so important but that is part of also like a sex life and sex positivity is I'm not always like having sex it's really important to say that too because I think like there is kind of an expectation I think probably subconsciously for a lot of people of like at least what I've experienced with dating is a lot of guys that I date, if they've listened to the podcast before they meet me, they assume that I'm this, like, like vixen. Like, I'm, like, ready mm-hmm. to go whenever. And, like, no, 
we have normal, natural sex drives yeah. that that a lot of people experience. Like, we're not... I don't always want to have sex. Like, I... Sex drives are so... It's, it's hard because I feel like not a lot of people talk about low sex drives and a lot of people talk about high sex drives. So mm-hmm. it feels like low sex drives are rare and they're not. No. You know? And I, like, when I was thinking about when my sex drive is the highest, it's, like... I would say my sex drive is probably the highest like in the beginning of relationships because I don't have that emotional like connection yet. So it's a way that I can feel closer and like, um, I don't know, there's just more of like a different kind of emotional satisfaction from it that maybe I wouldn't like I don't have until I get to know someone better. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So um, like, you know, now that I'm like deeply in love with <laughs> my my partner and like I trust him a lot, like I am not seeking that validation in our sex life. So now when we have sex it is it feels different than the beginning of a relationship, obviously. That's so interesting to talk about, like how you seek different things out of sex at different phases of your relationship. Mm-hmm. I've never really, honestly, I've never really thought of that. Like, now it's just fun playtime. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't think enough people talk about that. Like, because really when you first start dating someone, it's like, you're like, I want to fucking <laughs> jump your bones all the time. And yeah, I want to, like, you wanna impress like, you. Yeah, and, you do want to impress them. And yeah. And also, I don't, like, I don't feel like you want to impress them in a performative way. It's more of just, like. I don't know. You like them and you're excited about them. Yeah, and you want to give off a good impression. And then, like, as you get further on in the relationship, it's, like, that changes. It starts to be, like, more of, like, a, a moment of connection and, like, just something that you can, like, experience together. It becomes, mm-hmm. I think, not for everybody, obviously, not everybody has the same experience with sex, but, like, it becomes more of, like, an equal kind of playing field rather yeah. than, like, a, like you're peacocking. Because we're animals at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, we seek sex for different reasons. What is it? Us and dolphins are the only two animals that have sex for fun. But really at the core of it is like a lot of like biological shit. And so it's interesting to look at it from the perspective of like it shifts over time. We're looking for different things out of sex as our relationship goes along. Mm -hmm. And it'd be interesting to talk to different genders of how different genders experience that. Because I'm sure it's similar, but it might not be. I don't know. I can only speak from like a female experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's interesting. I'm glad that you feel like you can talk, not even feel like, I'm glad that you can talk to your boyfriend about it because that mm -hmm. removes a lot of the pressure of... Because it's not even like I was feeling pressured from him. I was feeling pressured from the podcast. Not and not from you, obviously. The idea of the podcast, of totally. Like, oh well, I get we it. co-host this sex and dating podcast, and like people probably expect us to just be like fucking all the time, and like I'm not. I just went like two months <laughs> and without I'm, having I'm, sex. I'm, I'm I'm actually very happy. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting though. I've I have experienced the the podcast contributes so much to my life. But we're having such a unique experience with it that like, we're not talking about like movies we've watched or like we, we aren't talking about something that's like not a part of us. Like we're talking about something that's like very, very personal. And so it like it introduces new new things into our lives. that I don't think that we expected to happen. Like 
expecting something from ourselves for our sex drive, like expecting different, like we have to be perfect all the time because we're like thought leaders in this space, which like, I feel like an amateur always. Me too. And like, I think that there's something really valuable about having a sex podcast and not being a professional because Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are experiencing these things aren't professionals. So like, and then you just feel like alone in your experience mm-hmm. and confused. So yeah, I mean, not. also, I mean, part of this podcast is talking about different, like s- something holistically. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. But and I'm so glad that I get to do this with you too, because too. we've talked about this a lot too, like not having to go about this alone. There's a lot of things that I don't think that I can oh handle God. if I was doing it alone. No, me either. Well, and I, I mean, and that's like, I think that was the best reminder is knowing that I'm not doing it alone. Yeah. Um, and when I was talking to my therapist last week, I was like, I mean, and maybe like I'm just less relatable because I'm in a relationship and like, I'm okay with that because like, I'm really happy in my relationship. And she was like, I mean, I don't even think that because if you both were going through the same things at the same time, it wouldn't be like interesting yeah when and I was like that's such a good point it, it, I mean when you first got in a relationship a few people were like oh what does Even that I mean was like, uh, but, but I was my first thought was like what an interesting perspective to have because mm-hmm. really you and I think about things very differently but we we really think about things basically the same we like get to the same place yes we, just come, get, yeah, come we get the it. same answer but we have our maths different mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> we show our work differently so to have it now be where you and I think so similarly about things and so differently about things and we both got to like a different place with it is a really interesting perspective to have. Mm-hmm. So I was like from the jump, I was like, no, this is kind of great. Like you're happy and we have this like new persp- fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, and like that's the goal of dating is to like be in a relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, for from a lot, there for to a like lot of people for it to work yeah and figure that out so mm-hmm. I think people are constantly trying to figure out relationships you and I started this podcast at a really unique time because we were both like fresh out of a relationship figuring it out mm-hmm. and like I don't really want to listen to people that have it figured out I'm sure that it's that's an interesting topic for a lot of people. That's not something that I would want to listen to because I can't relate to it. So like, I know that like a lot of people listen to the podcast and they're like, I'm also very lost and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And it makes me feel better to know that like, you also don't know what the fuck you're doing. No, never. Nobody ever knows what they're doing. What the fuck I'm doing. I'll never feel like an adult. I'll never feel like I have it together. So anyway, I think that that's like, that's really useful for you to point out that like, we have this thing and you still experience things that I'm sure a lot of people that listen are like, I haven't really felt like having sex lately. What's wrong with me? Nothing. There's a lot of, well, and then something else in your life could just not be where you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that was another thing for me too, is just like, hold on. When I get too slouchy, my back hurts. Um, another thing for me is just like a lot of different areas of my life. I'm just like not feeling super confident. So Mm -hmm. that takes its toll and it helps to have like a partner who understands. And I think it is hard when people don't have, when they have their sex drives aren't the same. Yeah. And I mean, like the best thing my partner could do for me is just be empathetic. Yeah. That's such a beautiful thing. Having somebody that understands you. 
mm-hmm. makes me want to cry. And it's so rare because like t- for somebody to I think that what's the, there's a saying it's like to be known to be recognized is beautiful to be understood is profound. It's like there's something so special about feeling like somebody understands you. And it's um, I was talking to somebody about this recently. It's amazing that relationships ever work out because you have all of this life experience and all of these different points in your life that have to come together with another person at a time that is that you can compromise on things that you believed and you're willing to like mesh these like values together. And there are a lot of values and beliefs and learnings that don't mesh together. So Mm -hmm. like when you find somebody that like it kind of clicks in with and it's never going to be perfect. And you're up against so much. You're up against like your conditioning and like pressures from society. And so when you have a special feeling about someone like listen to that. Mm -hmm. And that's like intoxicating when you have somebody that like you feel like you can experience that with. Mm -hmm. There's just like, I don't know, this the podcast we're talking about like challenges that we've like had with it but like at the same time it's also like kind of expedited a lot of shit for me I'm sure it has for you too in terms Mm -hmm. of like being honest and open with the person that we're with and communicating and um being honest with other since I've started opening up in this way in the most like sacred parts of my life I've been just kind of like whatever about everything else i'm like i already talk about everything on and i'll say that a lot it's like i I have a sex podcast and then i'll just open up about shit because really from there it's like everything else is easy to open up about and i'm so grateful for that because who the fuck cares yeah why was i keeping shit secret for so long because and i'm not i completely understand people that want to keep their sex lives private i don't care to I i don't see any reason to just based on personally and like that freedom of just being like, whatever it's out there is amazing. It's so liberating. Yeah. It is really nice to feel that way. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I'm trying to think of like how to explain this thing I have been feeling and noticing of just like when I see TikToks about dating, I just get like, exhausted almost because Mm -hmm. I get really sad like there are so many people there are so many of us who are just like looking for a like our significant other and not just anyone just like that person that like you have a special connection with and like then just seeing the the vitriol between people of like the the profiles you review of like t- making demands and this isn't exclusive to men Mm-mm. like a lot of the screenshots I use are women yeah and just like it it I don't know like I think a lot of humanity is like lost in dating and it fucking sucks yeah it blows everyone's jaded everyone's exhausted mm-hmm. especially at the age that we're at I remember when everybody was like I sound like 90. I'm like, back in my day. But like everybody was so bright eyed and bushy tailed in college. And I feel like I missed out on that because now everybody is so fucking over it. And and I think everything after the last like, I don't know, four or five years has just sucked. Mm -hmm. We're all exhausted from other stuff. And then everyone has like this impossible checklist. And then the more I thought about it, I was thinking about this specifically because like, with my boyfriend, I recently shared screenshots on Twitter of like when we matched for mm-hmm. the first time. I and that. he didn't he didn't respond to me. 
like I I sent I'm the one who like reached out to him first like I was the one who liked his picture and responded to it mm-hmm. with like a fun pickup line and then he didn't reply and then I asked another question and he didn't reply like in normal circumstances if I was like I want a relationship like I would be like fuck this guy I'm not gonna waste my time And then since I wasn't in that mindset, like, I was just like, you know what? Like, here's my number. I I just want to, like, meet you. Yeah. And then that's when he, like, hit me up. And even before that, we didn't text very much before we met. And, I like, just the more I thought about it, I was just like, if, yeah, I wouldn't have had any empathy, like, in that circumstance. I would have just been like... (laughs) You're not going to reply? Bye. Yeah. And then, like, talking to him later, he was like, I just, like, couldn't think of anything clever to respond to you with. And then, like, time just kept passing by, and I, like, was like, I probably, like, missed a chance anyways. So he just wasn't going to try. It was like, I couldn't think of anything to say, and, like, then too much time went by, and it wasn't, like, I didn't think he'd reply, and... And now look at you, too. Yeah, and then instead I was like, here's my fucking phone number. (laughs) Let's meet up and make out. It's beautiful. And then it ended up working out really great. Now we all fucking wild to me. You got to trust your gut feelings. And that's why I'm just, like, exhausted when I see your content sometimes because I'm like, I'm so sad. I just want, like, people to, like, find each other. I know. Um, Do you want to read some DMs? More than anything. We got an email that I wanted to read. The subject line is, a gay loves these girls, which, the best attention grabber. Hey, ladies. After following Amelia on TikTok for a while, I decided to give the podcast a go. Y'all were on an episode numbered in the early 30s. Oh, wow. That's a lifer. And it was not long before I was completely caught up. It was so cool to listen to you both come into your own as podcasters during the past year's worth of episodes. As a 24-year-old gay man, feels weird calling myself a man, but I digress, hearing about women's sexual experiences has been fascinating. I grew up in a religious state in the U.S., so my sex ed was lacking at best. I still don't really understand vaginas. I probably could have asked my parents more, but it would likely have ended up being as uncomfortable for them as it was for me. Fair. Also, that side of the internet kind of makes me nervous. All that to say, you two have provided a comfortable and educational space to learn what I probably should have known for a while now, so thank you. God, I can't even tell you how much that means. Being a gay introvert, I wasn't as familiar as I should have been with the types of dangers women deal with when it comes to men in public places. After hearing your experiences, I've tried to be much more vigilant while I'm out and about. Once, while driving, I saw a guy approach a girl on a busy street corner. I, a six-foot-tall, skinny-ass twink, sat there and watched in case I needed to throw hands. That situation ended up being okay, but it really hammered home that things like this could happen anywhere. I wanted to thank the listener who emailed in, worried about not being sexually experienced enough. It was a relief to hear that I was not the only one in that boat. I get nervous every time a rear sexual moment comes up, but I feel more confident after hearing y'all discuss that. It was honestly a pretty big weight off my shoulders. Thanks for being so open with your life experiences and doing it in such a casual way that it's impossible to not feel at ease while listening. I wish you both the best, and I can't wait to listen on for many more episodes to come. Much love. It was such a sweet email. I need to tell you, I let my mom read that email because I was gushing when I read it, and she was like, email him back and tell him that your mother loves him. (laughs) 
That's like, such a mom thing it really to say. Is. I'm like, I'll tell him on the pod. But it really does mean so much. And like, there are so many things in that that I think probably a lot of people can relate to. Like, mm. not feeling so alone and not having a lot of sexual experiences, not knowing a whole lot about genitalia that is not yours. Yeah. Um, growing up in a religious state that doesn't have a good sex ed program, like all that we've ever wanted to do is provide like a safe space for those kind of discussions. We're not experts. There aren't very many experts. If you want an expert, that's great. Go and find them. That's not (laughs) us. That's not us. And so for people to feel like they can relate to us. Well, and like more empowered to have like a candid conversation in their day-to-day lives. Huge. And the thing I also really appreciate is just, like, um, trying to be more, like, conscious of your surroundings to, like, make sure um, people are okay in, like, maybe something you weren't aware of before. Huge. But, you know, like, that's all you can ask for. I think that means a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure that woman appreciated you hanging out to make sure she was okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So I have an interesting one for you. For me? Uh, or, well, for both of us. Okay. Um, it says, Hi, Amelia and Liz. I have a topic to discuss that I thought you might find interesting. Ooh. I recently started seeing a guy and things are going well. We get along great and have some awesome physical chemistry. Coincidentally, I had just listened to the BDSM episode the first night we became intimate. Um, I'm using that phrase for lack of a better way to describe what followed. And I was pleasantly surprised to find that he has real dom energy and classic BDE. Yes! (laughs) Um, He is very gentlemanly and caring outside of the bedroom. So when I saw another side of him, aside to him, it was an extra turn on. We have now been seeing each other for about a month. And every time we've been in bed together, he is insistent on only pleasing me. We have not had sex, and he will say things like, not tonight, if I try to reciprocate. So I'm getting off multiple times by him, and he seems to just enjoy that. Have I hit the jackpot? <gasps> I'm I'm just perplexed because I've never known a guy to hold back so much. It raises a lot of questions. Oh, interesting. Are there guys out there who just like to take things slow and enjoy the buildup slash anticipation? How is he able and willing to hold back when I can tell he's also turned on? I've made several attempts to take things further, but he subtly turns down my advances. My friends asked if I thought he had any issues, and no, I can tell he is hard. I know the right answer is to communica- communicate about this, but <laughs> yep, she knows. <laughs> um, but also, I am not complaining. I've just never encountered anything like this, and I look forward to seeing how it unfolds. Just curious if anyone else has had this, had an experience like this, because I feel it's rare, and therefore I'm confused. Your podcast has helped build my confidence, and I look forward to hearing it every week. Oh my you guys god, are awesome! Thanks oh god, for reading. It's really sweet and uh, also like very interesting. I have thoughts. First of all, you already said it. Communicate. Yeah. Um, I understand how hard that is, though. That's mm-hmm. not easy, but communicate. But now that we got that out of the way, I have been seeing a guy, Squints, big fan. He is very open about how much it turns him on to turn me on. Mm-hmm. And I think when we hear guys say that, it's like, okay, like, sure. You just like, that's what I want to hear. And you're saying it. But there are, I get super turned on turning on a guy. Yeah. What's interesting about this is not wanting it reciprocated eventually. Like, it sounds like, and correct me if you interpreted this differently, but like, it's just him pleasing her. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. From uh, period. 
which is interesting. I've never experienced that. I have watched some porn that is like amateur, like homemade porn. And it's just the guy pleasing the girl. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that is just something that he like keeps for his like spank bank in his mind. But I don't know. I mean, at this point, because I don't I can't I'm not sure how long ago this person sent us this. Let me look. Oh, it's, it might be an old one. Um, I, okay. So it was a week ago, so not that long. Okay. So they've been dating for like, you know, uh, a month, a little more than a month now. So if we were to just, let's speculate first and then we'll do a real answer because I'm very, I just want to speculate. Speculate. Uh, so if I were to speculate, I would guess either he might be a virgin or like not have any experience of anyone touching him. Interesting. Um, Maybe he has, like, body dysmorphia. Very um, real possibility. Or if he has an STD. Those are, or, tra- or trauma. I feel like those or are trauma. the four mm-hmm. things that it could be. There's a lot of different things. Yeah. And it could be none of them. But those yeah. are four things that it could be. Um, yeah, fuck. I mean. It also, yeah. Like, you, it, it could not be any of those things. It could be nothing. But I just wanted to speculate for fun and that's why I communicate <laughs> I know the answer you, you don't want the answer communication because it's the obvious answer but that's really at the bottom of it like just be like yeah especially now that it's been a month I think that's fair to be like can I, I blow you and why can't I I do have <laughs> to say when I first started dating my like high school boyfriend I mean I don't know if that's like an accurate comparison because I am almost 30 now but like he was the first person I've ever like done anything intimate with. And, um, he was the same way. Like he only wanted to like go down on me and mm-hmm. he wanted to finger me, but he didn't like want me to do any of that to him yet. Like eventually we got there, but I, I don't, I wasn't, he just wasn't ready and he wasn't comfortable. But I find that interesting because he, I, I felt like he pressured me a lot. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, there's... and th- like so we're it's saying, not totally unheard of. No. No, it's not. But it's interesting. I don't know the age of this person that wrote in. But, like, at the age that... Speaking from the age that I'm at, people are coming into relationships and sexual experiences with so much baggage. Like, mm-hmm. there's just so much past shit that's already happened at this point for a lot of people. And... Uh, do you watch Vanderpump Rules? No. Okay, there's there's a a woman on that show, Ariana, and she and her boyfriend, Tom, like a big plot point is that they like never have sex. And her it's because she has all this trauma from a past relationship. Like she her ex-boyfriend would like tell her how gross her vagina was and that it would smell. Yeah. And so she has all of she heard that for long enough that she believed it. And so she don't she doesn't want to have sex. Yeah. And that that sucks. Yeah. So, I mean, like, who, again, who knows? We could speculate all day about this guy. But, like, he could be coming into the relationship with all this trauma of, like, wanting you to feel good and you to feel like you're being taken care of but not feeling comfortable enough with himself to actually do it. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you're up against, like, is he into me? Because he wants you to feel good. Yeah, he clearly is into you. So I think that that's... (laughs) Every conversation like this is difficult to start, but at least you don't need to come at it from the angle of like, what am I going to hear? Is it me? Like you can come into it like, I love what we're doing, but like I would also like to make you feel good. Yeah. So like how, what's up? And 
maybe he's just waiting for you to start the conversation. Mm -hmm. Because those conversations are really hard to have. Yeah. And then if there's not like, that's such a good point. Like waiting for someone else to start the conversation. Like, because it is just so much easier when someone asks you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're like, are you okay? And you're like, no, thank God you fucking asked. Cause I didn't know how to bring it up. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. I mean, yeah, so we speculated, and you obviously knew the answer was communication, but hopefully this gives you an idea of, like, some possibilities that the answer might be and probably how to, like, hopefully approach the conversation. I would say not to approach it. Would you say to approach it after sex or no? Or, like, or hooking up? It's a really good question. Because I think I would probably talk about it bef- separate. I think that it would be easy to be like, all right, you just got me off why can't I get you off? Like that would be an easy segue, but I think it might be more like, um, because it's probably going to be a bigger conversation. Every time that any guy has waited to bring things up till after sex, I've been pissed. The comedian would always wait to have hard conversations with me after we had sex. I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. I'm like, you just wanted sex. Yeah. But this sounds like kind of a different scenario because it was going to happen either way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think, Whenever it feels right to bring up, it sounds like you're ready to bring it up since you're writing in mm-hmm. about it. Um, and I'm sure that he'll be grateful that you've brought it up. And if he's not, if he's like weird about it, then that'll tell you a lot about him. Like if he's like, don't talk to me. Like you need to, you should be spending your time with somebody that's good with good at communication or at least matches your communication style. Mm-hmm. So you might as well have the convo. But damn, he sounds great. Gentleman out of the bedroom, <laughs> Dom in the bedroom. Love what more that. could you ask for? Love that. Well, and, like, to also, like, know that you're also a priority. Like, you know that he's not hooking up with you to satisfy himself, which I I always hated feeling like that of, like, yes. you just want to have sex because it's using me to masturbate, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not any connection here, and, like, I could be anybody. Yeah. It could be your hand. It's an awful feeling. Yeah, it sucks. So, like, I think that's, like, a really, like, um, reassuring feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not just being used right now. Like, this person actually cares about my pleasure and me as a person. It's huge. Um, if I'm trying to think of, like, how I would approach it. If Maybe. I, I on it, I'm not, like, I am eloquent sometimes, but I prefer to just be straightforward <laughs> just like yeah I don't really know how to like bring this up but I noticed that you when we're hooking up um I we don't I don't reciprocate like or you won't let me reciprocate and I just want to check in and make sure like you still feel like satisfied and happy and also like it, I would like to know why just because I'm curious, but yeah. And like, I think, I mean, I'll caveat what I'm about to say with as long as you do your best and you aren't intentionally hurting anyone, how the other person feels is their responsibility. But if you come into a conversation being creating like a safe space, like completely fine with this setup, completely fine with whatever you want to do, but I would like to have a discussion about this. Mm hmm the person is much more likely to like open up and be comfortable talking to you about it rather than like, what's up with this? Which is, I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to do, but like, I think that creating that ground of just like, Hey, this is a safe space. And I feel like we should talk about this 
if somebody came to me with that energy, I'd be like, oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. I don't feel good about my vagina. Like, it could be anything, and they could be so scared to bring it up. And when you create, like, a like a bubble to have a conversation about it, it's all up from there. Well, and, like, um, a larger scale example of making a bubble like that is, like, my relationship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. We have great communication, and that's because when it, we first started seeing each other when we were having conversations along these lines, like I was like, okay, I want to talk about this, but I want to make sure that like there is a lot of mutual respect and empathy and like he knows I'm not going to lash out at whatever answer he gives me. And I just want it to be an open space where we both can communicate our feelings. And like when you continue to practice that, it feels so nice because then you can do it everywhere. Yeah. You can do it in any relationship that you have. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and when you feel confident, like being able to confront potential conflict in your relationship without being afraid of like what the outcome's going to be, it just makes life so much easier. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Practice. This is advice for anyone. Like mm -hmm. practice, like creating a bubble like that really early on yeah and like even if you're in a relationship that you haven't established that early on like start now mm -hmm. this is a it's good example because this is one of those things that it's like a perfect example of like what just talking and getting to the root of it could do I started doing that with my ex before we broke up and like that's I almost feel like that's what like kind of triggered our breakup is like I wasn't giving him a fight anymore I was mm -hmm. just like, I don't want to fight. Like, when when we fought, it felt like I was performing for him. Mm. I know I've talked about this a little bit before, but it's like he expected me to fight with him, so I just did because it felt like that was, like, the role he wanted me to play. And then I, it just was really bizarre when, when I finally was, like, in therapy and I was like, I don't, like, I never really, like, I felt like I was joking when I was fighting. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, if they just want to fight, they're going to make it pretty obvious to you. It's toxic as That's fuck. a good red flag. Uh, he's got his own attachment wounds that are no longer my issue to deal with, so. <laughs> I'll punch him right in the face. <laughs> um, wait, also I want to say to our follower, uh, her name's Katie. She DM'd us. I feel honored to be your 1,000th follower. I love you. <gasps> Yay! We love you, too. We and thank you, 1,000th follower. You. Wow, that's a moment. I know. Maybe I'll, like, take a screenshot and print it out. Yes. Frame it. Frame it. Mm -hmm. Put it in a shadow box. Yeah, we're remembering you forever, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> so this person says, So I'm 30, and I'm in the world of online dating, but I think I've hit a wall. I'm genuinely looking to go on some dates and see where things go, whether it be casual dating or turn into a relationship. But I can't seem to get the actual date part. These, guy, these guys and I will start talking, even go to exchanging numbers. But something always happens, whether I don't text back and they text me four or five times before I answer, and that seems needy to me. Or something seemingly innocuous pops up, whether it's the way he's talking. I can't even think of specific examples, and I'm immediately turned off and never get to get to the date <laughs> is this a me problem am I being too picky or am I doing the right thing going with my gut and bailing on these guys 
I have so many thoughts about this because I'm going through it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say what I always say. It's either a lesson or a blessing. The other thing. <laughs> uh, trust your gut. Gut feelings are guardian angels. Oh, gut feelings are guardian angels. It's Duh. been a while. It's been a while. It I've been, been only saying the other one. I, I mean, sometimes it's it can be really hard to listen to your gut. Like yeah. for me, my I would always get fear in my gut confused. Mm-hmm. And... Um, when you have fear in your in your ear harassing you, you can be confused and be like, "Well, like, do I have these alarm going bells alarm bells going off because I'm afraid of getting hurt, or uh, because like this is actually dangerous or something?" That's the thing. It really depends on like the phase of your life you're in in terms of dating. For a while, I was like, "Okay, am I just like making excuses for like all of this bad or?" behavior that I'm seeing as bad that is relatively innocuous like this this person saying or am I actually picking up on things that I don't want or that are red flags and I've realized after a lot of time and thought and this is different from person to person it's really tough to give advice for something like this because you might just not be ready for a relationship and like you're subconsciously making excuses for the people that are presenting themselves to you Mm. or what I've been noticing is there are not this goes back to what I was saying before like the fact that relationships ever work out is amazing and there will be more people that are incompatible with you than there are people that are compatible with you and so if you're picking up on like a behavior that seems relatively innocuous I I would look at what that is like what what is it about it that is unattractive to you is it like a personality structure thing is it like a sense of humor thing is it like a you know, like I can think of, I went on a date with a guy that was like really lame, but I was like making excuses for him. And then he said that he was a libertarian and I was like, nope. And at the end of the day, I knew, I knew, I knew a liberal gonna, man. Yeah. But I was using the liberal libertarian fact as the main, the main thing. thing but overall you're like, just mm. wasn't great. I was never getting, if I get a good read from a guy and I'm really excited about them and then they say something stupid, I'm like, I'm nine times out of 10, I'm not going to be like, nope, that's not it. A lot of the time when I'm like, nope, that's not it. I've already kind of been unsure about them. Mm -hmm. So I, I would, you're looking for a deal breaker. Yeah. I would pay attention to that. I well, And then thinking about this too, like if it seems innocuous, um, I, I have a problem with the word picky because I don't really feel like, like most people are pretty fucking normal. Like, yeah, they're, you're looking for a connection. You're not really looking for like, oh, is he like tall and does he pay for things and blah, blah, blah. Like those are all like, I feel like nice to have things that you want because you just want to be respected yes. and you want to be attracted to someone. But at the end of the day, there is just like this intangible, indescribable connection that you have with someone. And that's what, the, like she said, like your gut instinct. Yeah. And, um, I think a good point you make is just like, maybe right now is not the time to date. Mm -hmm. Like maybe this is just like the universe telling you that you need to focus on something else. Yeah. And we can't make that decision for you either. No. But I like, and it's hard when you're dating when you're 30 because you just feel all of these pressures of like, oh, all of my friends are married or having kids and this is what is expected from me because we've treated women like they expire at age 30, even though I have the best skin and body and everything that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and I probably will still look great for another 10 years yes. or 15 years, whatever. The idea of 30 is changing. We're yeah, still treating it like it's the end of our lifetime. I know. It's so, and it, I mean, like women are just trying to like make their way out of that expectation. It's so sad. it's annoying as fuck. Yeah. But I mean, there's definitely nothing wrong with like taking a break from dating because especially if you feel like, if you feel like you've hit a wall, and you're just like, I can't fucking do this. Like, take a break. Yeah, take a break. There's no harm in taking a break. It's, but also, like, if you're thinking, like, have I hit a wall? The odds are, like, maybe not. I think you'll know when you hit a wall. Yeah. For a while, I hit a wall. It's I took a draining. month off and I felt better. I came back and I was like, all right, I'm ready to go again. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with taking a break from it. It's very exhausting. These dating apps fucking blow. But, and we've talked about choice fatigue before. Yes. Of just like, yeah, there could be like one thing and you're like, ugh, God. Yes. Yeah. And, I, you know, I relate to like not wanting to text very much before I meet someone. Like, yeah. because someone can be great in texting. There have been so many instances where I've been so excited about a guy over text and, and then, then I meet, you meet them, them. And then I'm like, oh my God, you're such a dud. I was concerned about that with squints because I had been worn down so much by so many guys that I was like, okay, they're great over text. And then they do not say a word. And he's like you, like just really conversational. Yeah. He's a cutie. (laughs) He is cute. I, it's, I think that being able to look at situations like this deeper and not it's it's never and I'm not saying that this person is saying this. But it's never just a surface level thing. It's never like, yeah. am I jaded? It's like there's, I think, a lot to dig into. Like, what are you what have you been looking past in the past that maybe you should be paying closer attention to now and your subconscious knows? And so it's picking up on these red flags. Mm-hmm. Is it that I'm jaded? Is it that um, I my type has changed over time and I'm not looking in the right places? Like, there's so many things that it could be. Nothing that we say is going to be helpful, really, because it's different person to person. But I think my bottom line, and I think it was what you're also saying, is just, like, look at it harder. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's almost always more happening below the surface. Yeah, and, like, sure, maybe your gut is, like, oh, yeah, not this one. But maybe it's saying not this guy because it wants you to look at you, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Of, like, okay, what's really going on here? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean... I've mentioned this before, like my time not dating, like I I spent a minimum of six months not dating and it was, I had the best time. Like I loved that time alone. Yeah. And then we were in a pandemic and I spent even more time alone. And then by then I was like, um, so I still don't want a boyfriend, but I'm pretty fucking bored and really horny. Remember that? Everyone was so horny this time last year. What a time. (laughs) I'm never going to forget how horny everyone was. (laughs) The summer of 2020. Now there's all these pandemic babies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but I was one of them. So I was like, uh, you know what? I, I, so I want to have a good time because uh, I have just like been in relationships for way too long. So I'm just want to date and have fun and meet people. And um, that's what I did. And then my boyfriend tricked me. But swindled again yes god fucking damn it but i think that's also why it ended up working out is because it was a choice yeah it wasn't because i was like i need to be with someone it's just like it's a dangerous place to get in yeah and who, who among us hasn't been there 
I can honestly say I haven't because I was so anti-relationship. Where you were for like, I need to get some, so get someone. Yeah. And then um, I met my ex and then we were together. Actually, for that's it. You've done a really good job. You have done a really good job of like, I need to find someone. But I am watching a lot of my friends. Not a lot. A couple of my friends settle for very bad behavior because they want to be in a relationship. My therapist reminds me often that like other people's relationships like a dynamic that I would not want like that doesn't mean it doesn't work for them you know yeah totally. like like she's like some couples it's just part of their daily lives that they fight that's just how it is for them that doesn't mean they don't love each other or have a good relationship I just see so much shit behavior and then for me I'm like if someone raised their voice at me I would hyperventilate the same <laughs> no I but I like watch a lot of again not a lot a couple of my friends like be in situations that are so obviously problematic and they can recognize that it's so obviously problematic and they excuse it away that makes me sad. And it's a lot of that is fueled by wanting to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah, I put up with a lot of bullshit. Me too. So much bullshit. Anna and I were texting about it this morning. She was like, I cannot believe with how much you have like dealt with. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep, I spent a lot of time working on it in therapy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, like, I've never been in the space of, like, I want to be in a relationship, but I was excusing bad behavior with my ex for a very long time because I wanted to be with him specifically. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked up and toxic. Um, I have uh, just, like, a fun question for you. Yeah. Um, do you think you're a villain in anyone's life? That's I was a thinking, really good question. I was thinking about the villain in my life, which is obviously Shoe Man. And I guarantee I'm the villain in my life in my ex's life. Totally. Really? hundred percent. I've what, done nothing what do you wrong. Think makes you the villain. I, it makes him probably feel better about his shitty behavior to excuse how I am. And I think that he's probably convinced himself that I am the villain. And he did a really good job of making me feel like the villain for just being confused and lost. And I never treated him poorly, but I was lost and confused. And cause you were in your, early slash mid 20s and you're like hmm do I want to marry this person that I've been with for this long or do I want to have experiences in like different experiences in my life exactly he he and not even just with him just in in general who are you supposed to know who you are if you're never alone if you're never alone we were together since I was 18 like I've I really I only knew myself as an adult that was with him Mm -hmm. and he didn't have that experience he had hooked up with a bunch of people while we were together he cheated on you yeah and like when we took breaks and we were not going to see other people he was sleeping with other people and I wasn't and so like he got to get that experience of seeing other people and but he figured out a way because he was very very good to me toward the end of the relationship and I was very lost and I think that that was the perfect foot for him to leave off on because he got to leave the relationship knowing that like he did his best and it was me that fucked it up and I was distant and I was lost and I was I was distant and lost but it was because of all of this past shit that we had Mm -hmm. gone through so all that to say I know for a fact that the easiest way for him to deal with the breakup was to villainize me. Yeah. Vilify me to vilify me because he disappeared, blipped off and the knowing him, how well I know him, the only way that I know that he could have done that was to make me a villain Mm -hmm. period. And that's fine. If you needed to do that, 
that's fine. I have I lost some sleep over it for a bit, but I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm also ordering Thai food right now. Oh. I'm really hyped. I can smell someone's like making something that smells so good. That's what it made me. Like, I was like, I'm pulling up DoorDash. Like chicken fingers. I think I might order myself Crab Delight. Ooh, do it. Um, okay. I don't think I am the villain in anyone's life. Besides, oh, maybe. Maybe Shoe Man? But. Do you think? Um. I think that he wants to live on his high horse of like, yep, I moved on. But I don't really think that I'm a villain in his life. I'm sure I'm the villain in someone's life. I just don't know who. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. I mean, like, there's a lot of people, like, all through college, people would be villains in my life. And they probably, like, didn't know that I existed. So it's always interesting to think about. We're ready for our sex fact of the week. Sex fact of the week. This is our last one of this fun article. I've been using this 11 sex facts from Glamour magazine, and it has been delightful. Served us at least 11 episodes? At least 11 episodes. Well, we, we would do two per episode. Mm-hmm. This is the last one. The most... It's kind of... It, no, it's not funny. It's kind of fucked up. The most common cause of penile rupture is vigorous masturbation. What's penile rupture? Well, let's look it up. It sounds like, that sounds just like ejaculation. <laughs> but I know it's not. Yeah. A penile rupture is okay. vigorous masturbation. This is what Mayo Clinic says about penile rupture. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fracture. Oh, the most common t- way you can fracture your dick is from masturbating too hard. Yes. During an erection, the penis is engorged with blood that fills two cylinders Corpora cavernosa. If an engorged penis is bent subtly or forcefully, the trauma can rupture the outer lining of one of the two cylinders. This can result in a penis fracture. I don't have a penis, but my penis hurts. My penis hurts too, and I also don't have a penis. (laughs) Wow. There was an episode of Grey's Anatomy where two people were, um, it was Mick Steamy and Meredith Grey's sister were having sex, and she broke his penis. And I didn't know that that could happen. But since, and I Does hadn't heard to, about like, it for be years. In a cast? I actually don't know. I feel like it's probably like how like a tailbone rupture is. You just kind of have to like wait it out. <laughs> but um, I know somebody that got their pee pee broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is crooked. It's crooked now. Permanently? Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. I'm just remembering a time where I had sex with someone with a crooked. Penis. He might have had a penile rupture. Yeah, it was shaped like a hook. Maybe he masturbated too hard. I would not be surprised if either of those things happened. <laughs> okay, thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah, it's thank time. You. Today's flown by. Yeah, it has flown by. We love you. At the holy hour on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram holyhourpodcast at gmail.com email and, us um, subscribe to our Patreon if you would like <laughs> subscribe would, to our Patreon we would love if you did make sure that it's the right picture there's another podcast that has a similar name and they have better SEO so make they, sure you go through our link they're, ca- they're also called the holy hour but it's but probably it. uh, for Jesus stuff it's so. actually spelled holy yeah um, so make sure that you're subscribing to the right one our picture's on it mm-hmm. um, and we love you our children. Our, chi- our children. Are you going to Do you want to? I would like to. Okay. We love you. 
our children. Are we doing it? We're harmonizing. Children. <laughs> it sounds kind of like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> do you want to be my neighbor? 